LCP fam, y'all know who it is. Sexiest man alive, sexiest man to ever step foot out the vagina now. I got a great episode this week. And again, you guys who love the podcast, who stay tuned in, make sure you share, make sure you repost, make sure you spread the word on the LCP. If you love something, do not keep it to yourself. And you guys who always support through donations, again, my cash app is dollar sign NYC story 718. My Venmo is lunchroom chat apart. And on this episode, in the beginning, I spoke a little bit about black men's mental health just for a little bit. And I spent the rest of, of the episode speaking about child support and how it it sometimes impacts good black men the men who want to be there the men who love their kids the men who will go above and beyond for their kids and how a lot of times child support is done out of spitefulness and out of being bitter because a lot of people know not all but some people know that when it comes to good black men the dads who wake up thinking about their kids who go to sleep thinking about their kids Who go above and beyond for their kids. The only way that a lot of women can impact or hurt a good dad is through his child or his finances. So, ladies, I want you guys to listen with an open mind, with an open heart and just be non-biased. Just listen to the clips, listen to what's said, listen to the voicemails and simply take it all in. And you guys who might be dealing with trauma from the fact that maybe you didn't pick a good man. Maybe your child's father is a deadbeat. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the men who are involved, who love their kids and will go above and beyond for their kids. So sit back, relax. This is a brand new episode of that. Brand new LCP. Hope you guys enjoy. Be safe. And as always, spread the word. And that's black men in therapy. And of course, you may remember Kendrick Lamar's album, which dropped this summer, that also explores this very timely topic. Now, according to researchers, black men are about half as likely to pursue counseling as their white counterparts when experiencing anxiety or depression. Well, the first step in breaking that stigma is to talk about it. And so here with me is Dr. Michael A. Lindsay. He's dean of the NYU uh, Silver School of Social Work. And back with us is Dr. Jason Johnson. Um, Mike, I want to start with you, Dr. Mike, my more house man on set with me um great to have you here with me on set seriously and i just you know i've noticed that this conversation around therapy and black men is becoming normalized but maybe not normalized to the extent which it needs to be um why do you think that's happening now well i think the pandemic has certainly uh had an impact on how people are being in touch with their emotions and and their psychology if you will uh people are being encouraged to talk about how the pandemic has impacted them And I think it's a great thing because for so long, there's been so much stigma related to talking about these issues. And so, you know, the the time is really perfect for us to be having these conversations because so many people are hurting as a result of what has transpired in the pandemic. Yeah, it's nice to see. Um, Jason, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, getting in your all up in your biz. (laughs) But seriously, have you gone to therapy before? I have, and, and I actually really debated as to whether I was going to answer this question because it's not so much a fear of, of, of threatened masculinity. I just never wanted to really talk about it. But yes, I actually Why? had a therapist. I was uncomfortable, yeah. frankly, and, yeah. and, and I felt like eh, I, I, the world doesn't need to know. But you realize that having conversations with the other brothers in my life about mm-hmm. their therapy journeys have been helpful. I was in therapy when I was in school uh, because I thought, oh, maybe I'm just stressed. High uh, uh, graduate school when I was okay. getting my doctorate okay. because I thought, oh, maybe I'm just stressed. But it's like, oh, no, this is 
this is anxiety. I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating well. And it was a critical part uh, of me moving forward. And I had the rare experience, and I, I'd love to hear what Dr. Lindsay thinks about this. I actually had a very good experience with a white therapist. Mm. Since then, I've yeah. never interacted with a white therapist, but I had, I had a white male therapist who the first thing he said to me is, are you comfortable with talking to a white guy about this? Because I understand if you're not. So wow. that's what built a really good relationship. That, that makes a really good point, though, because there does require, seem to be a necessity for cultural competency when talking to. So when we talk about black men in therapy, there's also a delta when it comes to black men therapists. That's right. So That's what? Right. how can that be addressed? So what we know is that only about 4% of the mental health workforce are actually black. Wow. And so as a dean of a school of social work, the Silver School of Social Work, yeah. it's really important for me to bridge that divide by bringing more people of color, people from historically marginalized populations into the profession, show, showing them that, you know, you can do well if, if you come into the behavioral health workforce. And so, you know, to Jason's point, I think that so many people uh, struggle with, I want to see a black therapist, I want to see someone that looks like me. And I often tell folks, the most important thing is to see someone, yeah. right? And then work it out. Just like we have to go to various beauticians or barbers until yeah. we find the right fit. You know, sometimes we have to go through that process until we get the right one. Yeah. But to go to someone is really, really critical. That's the I want to clap it up. And um, that clip was even alarming to me. It was alarming. The fact that only 4% of the psychologists in the U.S. are black. All I got to say is. Oh, my God. Because he's right. Like, I've heard that so many times. And like, even I've said that before. Hey, you know, if I go to see therapists, I want to see somebody that's black. Not realizing that 96% of the therapists are not black. They don't look like me. So now if I strictly try to find a black therapist, which I, I'm sure I can do, especially here in Atlanta. Now, is that person going to be a fit for me? Because simply because I find a black, a black therapist doesn't mean that that therapist is going to automatically align and mesh with me and make me feel comfortable. That's another thing that we have to get through. And that's why I wanted to play that clip just to just to kind of put out there some information regarding therapy. And like he said, he said it's never happened before. But I had a great experience with the white therapist and the white guy was actually understanding of my skin color and said, hey, are you comfortable talking to me or would you prefer somebody who look like like that's some powerful shit, man? Brand new LCP. So like I said, man, this episode, I'm going to talk a lot about black men versus cultural stigmas. And also the fact that a lot of those stigmas are placed on us by our own society, especially as it relates to child support and how it's this stigma, especially in our culture of black dads not being there, of black dads not wanting to stick around. So because you might have had experience, an experience growing up of your father not being there and your dad is black, he doesn't speak for all black dads, but a lot of times in our culture, especially now when you factor in social media, we let singular instances speak for everybody. So let's dive into the episode, man. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get a cue, man. Girl, stop. That's a lie. Let's get it popping. It's that lunchroom chatter podcast, you know? Well, you sit up and think about fucking your girl's best friend, but you can't because your girl's a fighter and she'll fuck you up. 
This that lunchroom chatter podcast Where you lay up and think about being a porn star But you can't because you come too quick So you gotta eat the pussy for 95 minutes Mmm, that kind of shit This that lunchroom chatter podcast Where you in bed at night thinking about beating your meat But you can't because you live with your mama And she busts in the room and say Bitch, get the fuck up Mama, why you ain't knock on the door first? This that kind of shit Where you can be yourself Where you can relax Where you could Put yourself into the mind of another nigga so stay tuned, let's get this shit poppin' Lunchroom Chatter Podcast, baby So before we get to the voicemails and dive into some of the content pieces I want to play I want to get back to some of the essence of that LCP, of that Brand new LCP I want to play a song by my guy Dizzy Wright this song is called The Rise. So if you guys right now are at work, if you're laying down, your spouse is pissing you off, you stuck in traffic, or you just relaxing, sit back. This is my guy, Dizzy Wright. This is The Ride. Don't hold your breath if you the fast-paced type. I know some folks that lost hope. Damn, they half their life. Good ideas is just thoughts if you ain't out here moving smart. Find yourself trying to find someone to crash with at night. I grew up a dreamer, but there was a shift in my demeanor. Chasing lost souls. I moved to Covington during Katrina. Grandma laughing like, I guess you want to be a rap singer. Family broken. Liquor store was open. Turned me to a drinker. For a brief moment, I could dig deep and feel the change. Then I reappear here where all the minds are fully trained. Got me questioning some things and putting up barriers that I can't even obtain. What kind of game you got installed and how much still remains? We all human, we all dealing with pain. But I was never taught the truth. I guess it was the lessons for me. I learned fast how depressing always stressing could be. So shit, I'm out here with my head high, with some leg room, trying to get by. Come along for the ride. Yeah, I'm out here with a clean mind and my ten toes down. Get in line and come along for the ride. So shit, I'm out here with my head high, with some leg room, trying to get by. Come along for the ride. Yeah, I'm out here with a clean mind and my ten toes down. Get in line and come along for the ride. Throw a tantrum and burn your brother's location Cause you overworked for half of the price Lost stipulations, frustrated Plotting on how to make a statement Praying for South Africa to overcome these devastations Life's a rollercoaster ride Scary when you know that your government can't be utilized It's corrupt, you had enough So you find ways to open minds Find a hope for humankind We all suffering in ways the next man can't see So shit, I twist one Kick back and stick to the route Every problem got an answer, we gon' figure the shit out But I need more than a press release I've been through hell and back and shit, I'm proud of what's left of me Try to put me on medication, so I switched up the recipes like I'm passing a test Life could throw you curveballs and you could end up next I just hope you heal from that And when you start to feel detached, pace yourself Cause you gotta embrace where you really at So shit, I'm out here with my head high With some leg room, trying to get by Come along for the ride Yeah, I'm out here with a clean mind And my ten toes down, get in line and come along Brand new LCP. Yeah, I'm out here with a clean mind and my ten toes down. Get in line and come along for the ride. Again, that is my guy, Dizzy Wright. That is the ride. <clears throat> now I want to dive into man what I want to talk about this episode, man. Child support payments, child support in general, and how it overwhelmingly impacts black men. Now. Before I dive into that, man, I um I want to focus on and um I want to be clear in what I'm saying here that I am not saying that 
black men should not pay child support across the board. I'm not saying that. Because, yes, there are some men out here who don't handle their responsibilities. There are some men out here who, who will actively or purposely get a woman pregnant and then dip out. Like, I'm 34 years old. I don't know my dad. I spoke to my dad one time my whole life. My mom tried to get child support, but for some reason she couldn't get it. He kept quitting his job, and eventually she gave up. Because it was such a hassle to where she was like, you know what? I can just do this shit by myself as opposed to try to chase somebody down who really don't want to be here. Like, it's more of a mental drain on me. It's a hassle on me. So I am not saying that men should not pay child support. Because, yes, if my mom had got child support, my father is the father of me and my brother. So, yes, had she had any type of child support from my father, yes, life would have been easier in some regards. Even if it was $200 a month, that would have been $200 extra that she had. So, again, and and I say this now to preference that I am not saying that men across the board should not pay child support. This is focused on the men out here who are involved in their kid's life, who contribute financially to their child. But due to emotions or some other factor that comes into play that that man is put on child support and how an active involved dad, a dad who loves his kids, a dad who is there, how placing him on child support can sometimes have the negative impact on that child's relationship with his own child due to how he might feel. But see, if a man feels the type of way like, yo, I'm there for my child, I'm consistent. I pay for things for my child. My child spends so much time with me. And when he's with me, I'm paying for things when my child is with me. If that dad gets placed on child support, like sometimes he might pull away. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm doing what I got to do because you might have emotions that's there that's impacting your decision. So now I got to do what I've been doing, which is something that I actually love doing. But now you want to take away money from me, too, on top of that? So now that dad may decide, you know what? I'm not going to give my child X amount of dollars this week. I don't want to spend as much time with my child as I was doing before because now money is coming out of my house that could that I was using when my child came over. That's why I say active involved dads. Like sometimes placing them on child support can have a negative impact. Now, I found the article that I want to read a little bit later. It's about child support enforcement can harm black, low-income, non-custodial fathers and their kids. And that's from the Urban Institute. But before I read that later on, I want to dive into some of the voicemails I got from from two black men who I asked the question to on Instagram. But I want to play this quick clip. This is from FitXFearless on YouTube. It is entitled Why Child Support is Rigged Against Men. And again, I want to know how you guys feel. So you guys can hit my DMs on Instagram at Lunchroom Chatterpod and let me know how you feel about the episode, anything I said, or even this clip right here. This clip is from Fit X Fearless. It's a rigged system towards men. When a man and a woman get together or they have children together, the goal is to raise a family and, you know, have an abundant life. But with child support, the woman is actually incentivized to keep the kids away from you. If you didn't know, the woman gets more child support dollars from you, the less access you have. So this actually encourages the woman to not get back together with her man, to actually raise a family, and to keep you guys separated. This is why you have to be extremely selective as a man with the women.
women that you have children with. A woman has enough opportunities to always be able to leave you because she knows what comes after she leaves you. So marriage is failing because of this. And I recommend you guys be super selective with the women that you do decide to have children with. Now I want to clap it up. Now I'm not saying that I agree with him 100%, but <clears throat> all we have to do is look at... Now I want to send to this real, this this little small segment around celebrity men. Because a lot of times we see celebrity men have to pay these astronomical amounts of money due to the fact that the mom, as he said, the mom might keep the child away from the kid. We see Nas back in the past had to pay like $50,000 a month. 50000 a month to Khalees. We look at Future and like people like his baby moms who who be asking for astronomical prices like over 100000 a month in child support. Like, come on. Like, what child needs $100,000 a month in support? Now, I know support factors into rent and everything like that, but a lot of that is, is paying for the woman's lifestyle as well, especially when it be that high amount of money. If you think a if you think $50,000 per month is only going on the child's living expenses, such as the rent, the food, and everything for the child, you are wrong. A lot of that is going for her Gucci bag. A lot of that is going for her, her Fendi shoes. Her, a lot of that is going for her. She want to take a girl's trip. She want to go out with the homie. She want to go do X, Y, Z. A lot of that is child support. Who managed to wiggle into a spot to where, yes, I got me a rapper. I, yes, I done got pregnant by future. A lot of them don't work because they know that they have a job for 18 years, which is the baby. They know that they can have consistent employment for 18 years, which is child support. So I'm not saying that every average, everyday woman does this. I'm not. I'm simply saying that we definitely got to be mindful, man. As he said, but it's tough sometimes because you can be mindful, but depending on how you guys break up and whatever in the circumstances surrounding that, it can be lingering feelings of animosity. For example, like I, I had a friend in the past and we don't talk as much now to where he's an active dad. He's involved with his child, but he he went through a separation. You know, I guess she got pissed at him and whatever X, Y, Z, and she wanted to move on. Now, he moved on, ended up finding somebody else and got remarried. But he still was there for his child, always with a child, spend teletime with a child. Now, she was having a tough time finding somebody else. She kept getting played. I followed her on Instagram in the past, and she was having a tough time finding somebody. Every guy she met, they kept playing her. She couldn't find nobody. So now she had some type of jealousy that, you know what? I dumped him. He moved on. He found somebody else, and I'm struggling. So you know what she did? She put him on child support as a way to kind of get back at him. Because she was having a tough time in her love life. And that only impacts his relationship with the child. And it's tough because as a man, when you go through that, you got to fight through it. You got to fight through it. Because if you have a difficult child's mom and you don't fight through it, then the only thing that is going to be said is, see, he didn't want to be with you anyway. That man didn't care about you. When in reality, a lot of times that's not true. So again, that's why I said I am only focusing this episode on the men who are involved with their kids, the men who love their kids, the men who actively want to be a part in their child's lives, the men who go to work. Because, yes, a lot of times a lot of the men don't live with the, you know, with their child for various reasons. So 
if a man is if a man goes to work and at work the only thing he thinks about is his child you know anytime he have off from work he want to hey you know i want my child i want my son i want my daughter to come over hey i want to do things with my daughter and he's sending money for his child he's actively involved with his child to put that man on child support because of feelings of animosity or or just feelings of emotion in general like don't push the good dads away because you want to be petty like please don't do that but let's take a second i want to i want to dive right now into one of the voicemails i got this is from my guy stanley brand new lcp bro um for one it's no man in the world that will be happy to be put on uh child support that's one um secondly it would it would definitely cause a fracture in the relationship because if the mom's is doing that she's doing that literally to be spiteful and she's probably like gonna sit there and tell you you still not doing enough you know what i mean and so like you as a, as a person like as a human being like you're gonna get tired of that. You're gonna get tired of having to deal with that. You're gonna get tired of having to, having to like you know walk on eggshells, so to speak, in order to be around your daughter. Mm. <coughs> I want to clap it up because he's right, and that's why I say all the time. Well, first of all, man, one more hand clap for my guy. We're we gonna give him two. Like I said, man, and that's the part that's tough because, regardless of how, of, of how people feel, child support. Affects black men more than any other race Now I found the article It's from AmericanProgress.org Where they said Learning from the United States Painful history of child support The Father's Day federal and state governments Must consider the history of child support And how it can better serve Poor black families Because again Not every man that goes on child support Is a deadbeat I know that's the stigma surrounding child support If you go on child support It means you're not doing enough No But we often Minimize the emotion from it Now the article says that The United States Child Support Program Served 13.2 million children in 2011 With the goal of collecting money From parents including those Who don't live with their children Since the program's inception In 1975 It has been closely intertwined With the American views On public assistance and race A lot of black men rather Are on child support and again, every black man on child support is not a bum. Every black man on child support is not a deadbeat. Now, the article also dives into the enforcement measures that target black men with economic and jail. From the 1970s to the 1900s, the federal government implemented multiple harsh enforcement measures within the child support program. These enforcement policies, which are still in effect today, range from garnishing up to two thirds, not 22 thirds. That is 66 percent of the non-custodial parents wages and suspending their driver's license, even also their professional license, even putting them in jail. I want to boo. Because if if a man is having a tough time paying because you're taking Half or sometimes 66% of his wages He can't pay his bills Now if he can't pay his bills He don't got a roof over his head He don't got a roof to live Then how can his child even go to see him 
Now, if he don't got the money or if he's backed up on payments because he's trying to survive in the midst of that, he goes to jail. If he goes to jail, now his job prospects diminish because now you have things on your history if there wasn't something there already. That's why I said these. Now, the article says these policies have a long history of punishing people for being black and poor. Overall, roughly 15% of all black fathers in larger cities in the U.S. have become incarcerated at some point for non-payment of child support compared with 5% of fathers overall. Some states in some states have taken enforcement even further. One example is Lee County in Mississippi. They have the deadbeat dad operation in which a local newspaper compiled a list of names of parents who owe child support. So can y'all see that? So if you live in Lee County, Mississippi, your name will be in a newspaper if you owe back child support. It says police apprehended a number of the parents who did not come forward once their name was published and sent them to jail until they could make arrangements to pay. Unfortunately, raids like this happen across the country, often around Father's Day. Mm. And that's why I say all the time that a lot of black men are impacted by this. And I don't I don't have this conversation lightly because a lot of times, like I say, if a man is there if I, again, like I said, to start this episode, we're not talking about deadbeat dads, dads who you got to beg to be. We're talking about dads who show up, dads who love their kids to put that type of man on child support. When he's loving on his child, when he's providing, when he's doing things for his child, he's seeing his child, he's financially supporting his child. To put that type of dad on child support is counterproductive towards whatever it is you're trying to do. So whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever it is that you that, that you say or that you claim you want to happen, it's going to have the opposite effect. <laughs> it's going to have the opposite effect because now you might introduce a barrier between his between this man and his kids he might love his child but now you have animosity or as as the voicemail said you might do something out of spite his relationship with his child is now separating it's now breaking apart because of something that you introduced but um i I believe i got one more voice message y'all know my guy from my guy sully so let's dive into what he had to say we're gonna dive into this shit like i said man i I really want to have this conversation and again, you guys can, you know, if you have an opinion, share it. My Instagram is Lunchroom Chatter Party. And you guys who want to support my cash app is dollar sign NYC Story 718. My Venmo is Lunchroom Chatter Pod. Let's dive into this voice message. Let's see what he had to say. To your question, I want to preface this and say that I don't have any kids. So, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. Uh, but if I'm doing everything for my uh, child, you know, I'm spending money on her. Um, you know, taking him wherever he wants to go, you know, doing doing the most for my kid. And then the mother decides to all of a sudden put me on child support. Honestly, she would probably be doing me a favor because I'd imagine that the number that the government decides to tell me to spend uh, would probably be less than what I was already doing per month uh, prior to her putting me on child support. Um It would definitely cause a strain in the relationship between me and the mother. I can't say that it would between me and the kid, but maybe it it could possibly cause a strain because I definitely would not contribute what I was contributing before uh, the, the exact number was placed on by the government. Actually, you know, it does have the potential to cause a lot of strain. 
um, now that I think about it. So, like, going off what I just said, assuming I was giving. I want to pause because he brings up a great point. So, ladies, you got to be careful with that as well because the guy might, you know, take away child support. This man might be providing and giving more without child support. But now, as 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 my guy said, you might put him on child support as a out of spite. And now what he was given might end up being reduced. Let's say the guy was given $800, $900 a month on his own to support his child. And now you out of spite, put him on child support. And now the court say, you know what? You get $250 a month. Who fault is that? So he's right. You do got to be careful, too, because now that might create more spite on her part. Because, hey, he was doing more before that. I tried to do something out of spite. And now I'm only getting 250 so now something might be held against you. So now she might withhold you seeing your child. Or something else might be done as a way to, because people are emotional. Adults are emotional. I know that as adults, we should act as adults. But when adults don't get their way, a lot of times they lash out in ways that sometimes we don't like or agree with. But let's dive into what the rest of my guy had to say. Whole lot more. Before the child support number was put on, I'd be so tight with the mom putting me on child support that there's a chance that I wouldn't give anything more than what the what the government's mm. now telling me to give, which would affect, um, you know, my relationship with the daughter. Maybe she's Bingo. used to or, or the son. Maybe maybe the kid is used to a lifestyle, you know, that was better before the woman put me on child support. Uh, and maybe I'd be so tight with the mom, you know. Maybe, maybe I don't do the most for the kid anymore. And again, I don't know. I don't, I don't have no kid. I would hope I would not behave that way. Uh, but it's a chance, man. You know, parents always mess up stuff for the kids. Mm. He's not lying. Kids don't ask to be here. The, the innocent people in the whole equation are the kids. Kids don't ask to be here. Kids don't ask to be born, but... It's up to the two adults to behave in a mature way. Now, sometimes it, it might be difficult, especially if one person is a narcissist, if one person is selfish, if one person is manipulative in so many ways to where they're tough to even communicate. They're tough to have a conversation with because whatever they whatever you say, they might take it offense. They might flip it around, especially in whatever way that that benefits them especially in whichever way they can run and tell their family or friends on social media like a lot of things play a part in why sometimes people cannot have grown mature conversation now i got a clip i want to play from youtube before we get out of here man like i said man you guys who stay showing love stay showing support do not keep the podcast to yourself if you love the podcast you like engaging you want to hear more episodes you want (coughs) the podcast to continue let your friends know. Share the podcast on your social media accounts, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, amongst your coworkers. Let your friends know. Tune in. Now I got a clip I want to play you guys from YouTube. Let's dive into that thing right now. Brand new LCP. Chess, man. If you don't live in California, you planning on Calif- coming to California, do it at your own risk. Unless you already got some shape popping. But for those that don't know, when it comes to California and CPS, child support, they don't give a fuck about men. And I say that because of my experience. Now, I have a son. 
and I have three girls. My son and my three girls are by different women. My three girls is by my ex. During the time we was together, she went to her mother house in the well, her brother house where her mother. I want to pause real quick because there's so many scenarios I can pick from, but this right here is just the story of one man. As he said, he's in California. But I found stories of men in all 50 states. And again, I always got to keep saying this, this little disclaimer. This episode is about the good men, the men who raise their kids, the men who are in their kids' lives, the men who go above and beyond to make sure that their kids have what they need, the men who go above and beyond to be a, a constant, not an occasional, but a constant present figure in their child's lives. So please don't start reacting to this episode from your own trauma. Well, you know, my baby daddy deserved to be on child. We're not talking about your baby daddy. We're talking about the good men who want to see their kids. But we know, the good men know, the only way a mother can impact him is through the child or through his finances, especially if they are no longer together. He doesn't want her anymore. The child or his money are the only way in which she can hit him. But you got to be careful because like Sully said in the voicemail this episode, sometimes you might decide to be greedy and spiteful. But now a lot of good men do way more for their kids financially than child support is going to render you to get. So now if the judge say, hey, you know what, dad only pay three fifty a month. Now, you might have fucked yourself up. That's why I said you got to be careful. That's why I keep saying this episode is about the good dads, not the crappy ones. But let's dive back in. And listen to this guy's story. Was staying in Modesto because she she wanted to spend time with her family. We was living in L.A. Now, during the time she was in Modesto for that month, she took it upon herself to file child support on me. Now, we stay together. She chose to file child support. And when she came back home, I didn't know nothing about it. I never got nothing in the mail. I guess when she was getting the mail, she was throwing the shit away because she was controlling the mail. I didn't trip, so I never knew. So they ruled against me because I never showed up in court. So when my wages started getting garnished, $600 a month, I was like, I'm like, damn. I want to pause real quick because I know a lot of you guys can't see, but this man has on a, a United States Postal Service shirt with his name tag and everything. So this man has a job. Either he's a mail carrier or he works in the post office. So let me say that again, because I don't want some of y'all thinking, because a lot of you guys can't, well, none of you guys can see what I'm playing. I don't want you guys thinking, oh, this is a deadbeat man talking. No, this man has a job. He works for the United States Post Service, which is how you get your fucking mail, which is how you get your damn packages and a lot of shit that you need, yo. Your important fucking letters and mail and shit. So this man has a job that does that. So I got to keep saying that because I want you guys to think, hey, that's just a deadbeat man talking. No, the man has a fucking job. Thank you. Where this come from? How this happen? So I asked her about it. I'm like, hey, why you went file child support? She's like, no, I don't know why they did that. The county must have did that on their own. So, you know, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. So I call. I call the county and I call child support in Stanislaus County. And I talked to the lady. She was nice. You know, cool. She was a nice lady. 
And she told me, she said, well, we sent you the subpoena twice. You didn't respond, so we ruled against you. And I told her, I said, I never, I never received it. You know, I didn't, I never checked the mail. And then, and so I tell her, we live together. Me and Tamika, well, I'm not gonna say her name, but me and my ex, we live together. You know, I take care of my kids. So the case was, was referred to LA. And those that's familiar with LA in child support, right there on Vermont and 83rd in Hoover Hood, somewhere I don't go. My people from 8, 7, and 9, Let me fast forward it a little bit. He can get a little long-winded. I'm trying to get to the meat and juice and potatoes. My ex called me. was like, hey, the baby had, had a seizure. She had to go to the hospital. The doctors want to talk to you and get blood samples or whatever, whatever. So I got out of work, went directly to Stockton, 3 p.m., and those that's in L.A. know 3 p.m. traffic is a mess. It took me eight hours to get to Stockton. Now, while I'm in Stockton, I'm sitting there, and these people, she was living with her brother, wife, cousin. Just met these people. The lady heard about she was going place to place with my daughter, so she felt sympathetic for her and let her come stay with her. So I'm sitting in these people's driveway, 18 hours. We never make it to the to the uh, to the hospital. She keep procrastinating, and so she while she in the house, I'm me. I'm always thinking. So I grew suspicion of, of why she was she was lollygagging. So I googled CPS in in Stockton, got the number, called, and told him that I was calling to uh, to inquire about my daughters. And sure enough, they had my daughters in the system. And I was like, uh, why y'all didn't contact me? I'm the father. And they was like, well, your ex said that she knew nothing of your whereabouts, which this whole time we separated, we never lost contact. We would communicate at least twice a month because I would send her money for the girls. And... So I'm like, well, how, why would she do that? I'm right here in front of their house right now, waiting for her to go to the hospital. And the worker was like, well, the girl's not at the hospital. We took them with her sister. And we, screened, we, couldn't con we couldn't contact you. So we screened her mother. Her mother didn't pass, so we screened her sister. And it's been about a month and a half since they took my girls. And this bitch keep coming outside talking about, well, we got to get to the hospital. I got to get this. I got to get this. Let me get my stuff. Let me get the car seat and all this. The whole time the girls is taking. And she's feeding me drama. Oh, the girls is okay. The doctor said it, it's not nothing that I could have done. There's no way I could have done nothing like that. With whatever. Anyway. So, I have to go to court. It's been eight months I've been going to court to see about getting my girls. I want to pause real quick. I know he a little long winded, but a lot of what he's a lot of what he's saying is true. And I want to preference a story. I believe it was either last last year or the year before where there was two kids that got killed by the mother. And again, I'm not saying that moms kill kids. I got to say that shit now because social media and how y'all motherfuckers flip shit is annoying. But there was a dad and a dad's family who was trying to get their kids in his custody or in the dad's 
parents' custody for years because the mom was suicidal. The mom was, in the past, she had set the house on fire with the kids inside. And that was her attempt previously to kill the kids. And again, you guys can look up the story. She tried to kill the two kids previously. The dad went to court multiple times. Hey, my son's mom is not in the right state of mind. I want my kids. I love my kids. I need my kids. The courts kept saying, no, the kids going to stay with their mom. You're not getting the kids. The dad's parents, which was his mom and dad, tried to get the kids. The courts, nope, you're not getting the kids. They staying with the mom. Now, long story short, the mom ended up killing the two kids in the future. She stabbed both kids to death. This was after so much evidence was there that this mom should not have the kids. But a lot of court systems believe wholeheartedly that no matter what, the mom always wins. But as Judge Judy said in the past, a dad is not a lower tier parent. I don't care how society makes you believe that men are or that specifically black men are. A dad has every right to those kids, has every right to love on his kids, has every right to see his kids when he wants to. If you guys are not together, the same rights as the mom. But society has taught so many women in society in general that when a man and a woman have kids, the mom is parent number one and the dad is parent probably number three. Parent number two would probably be the mom's mom and shit like that, how people make it believe. But no, one A is the mom and dad together. There's not fucking parent one A and parent one B. Both of you guys had those kids. So, again, that's why I that's why I've said this whole episode. We're not talking about, you know, Daryl who fucked you outside the gas station because you you went crazy because his beard connected. We're not talking about those stupid ass decisions. We're talking about the men who love their kids, who go above and beyond for their kids. The men who actually want to be in their kids' lives, but they know they are faced with opposition because the dad might not want to go back with the mom. The mom might have a tough time finding a better love life. The dad might move on and be married, and now he's in a better position, and now she's envious of the fact that, well, how you married her? So you married her, but you couldn't marry me um, because she was given qualities in presenting herself in a way which was beneficial to my life as opposed to you, which was probably bringing me down or causing me turmoil and stress. A lot of emotions goes to the child support. A lot of emotions, a lot of bitterness often goes with child support. And I had a conversation with a follower online about the fact that, you know, she she needed child support. And again, I'm not speaking about those those women because, yes, a lot of women do need child support, especially if the dad is not. I know my mom, as I said to start this episode, my mom probably well, not probably she would have benefited from child support. My dad was never there. He was non-active. Like I'm 34 years old. I spoke to my dad one time and that was for two minutes. We had the same address growing up, the same house number growing up, 718-293-0964. That's not the house number no more, so please don't call the house. But that was the same number we had for 20 fucking years. My dad was never there. So, yes, if there was a man who probably needed to be on child support, it was him. So that me and my brother could have had a somewhat better life growing up in the projects. But 
This episode is centered on how child support fucks it up for the good dads out there, man. The dads who love their kids, the dads who go above and beyond, the dads who want to be in their kids' lives. And <laughs> we seen with the rapper 50 Cent where he spoke about how him and his son are estranged now because of the mom. How he used to always be in his son's life, do things for his son, love on his child, and go above and beyond for his son. But the mom grew bitter. She wanted more money. She seen what he was doing outside of that. So now he said he was paying thousands of dollars a month in child support. And he didn't want to have shit to do with his son no more because he said the mom was poisoning his son with her thoughts. So now the son is coming around him with animosity and just is basically a mini clone of the mom. And that's how I said where how a lot of time that emotion, that bitterness that you might have because your life might not be going well, but he might have moved on and now he got a great wife and now things are going well. He has new kids that he's raising along with his child with you that he loves, but you might want that life because you meeting men that's just fucking you. You meeting men that don't give a shit about you. You might got a new child. That man's not there. So the only way to impact a good man's life, a man who's there for for his kids, a man who's raising his kids, is through his child or through his pockets. And that's how we're going to leave it. Y'all know what time it is. Brand new LCP.